The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and Daily Antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, you guys hear me? Rico, why don't you start us off? Oh, I'm doing the intro now, too? Yeah, Do something. Ahead. Jason can't go get ahead. his shit yeah. to work. Yeah, what's happening, everybody? <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Hyatt 9 News. You can catch us live every weekday at 9 a.m pacific 12 noon high noon on the east coast or wherever you know you are in the world just know that it's high at nine somewhere today is national sports day where everybody can pick up a sport and try it doesn't mean you're going to be good it's also national liqueur day not to be uh confused with national liquor day um liquor is quicker but liqueur is um yeah it's um sweet and shit and um, it's also National Clean Your Virtual Work de- uh, uh, Desktop Day, uh, which means um, close the tabs. If you're a, a tab queen like me, you know, it's, it's slowing down your uh, optimal performance. And, you know, just like, just let it go. Just let it go. And uh, finally, there's a department, uh, excuse me, it's, it's World Food Day. So uh, make sure you guys um, give your uh, give away some food. If, if you got too much in your in, in your kitchen and everything, I know Auntie Gigi's uh, kitchen is always full. So go on over to her house and make her cook for you. And uh, Department Store Day and Global Cat Day. I'm more of a dog person myself, but uh, more power to you if you like cats. You know, I'm, I'm allergic and shit. Um, Jason, you ready? I know Jason's on. Oh yes, uh, uh, he is on uh, uh, on assignment today. Out in the great state of Maine with some uh, with some special guests for us today, and it looks like uh, you're at some kind of a campaign rally event, or you might be. Uh, are you? Uh, was that uh, you going hunting today or some shit, man? Where, where you at? Where you at, Jason? Are you frozen? <laughs> Jason is uh, in the in the state that Gretchen loves him most. Silent and frozen. <laughs> oh, you guys are funny. You guys are funny. There he goes. Jason, yes. what you got for us today, my man? Where, where are you? So I am at Congressman Rohrbacher's home in York, Maine. And right behind me is the York River. And that is where, are you ready for this, Rico? That is where. That is where. John Hancock. That is where John Hancock used to receive his liquor that he would smuggle in from Canada. Mm. Mm. Oh, yes. 
Yes. Is that and also this episode? The, uh... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and this episode is powered by Starlink today. Very scrubbly. <laughs> you're going in and out, Jason. I think your man Elon Musk is having technical difficulties out there. Yeah, Tell Dana to get some better Wi-Fi. You tell him to keep the Starlink up while the uh, while the uh, Ukrainians are trying to bomb a harbor. Yeah, that's for the moms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Elon Musk took, uh, took took the internet away from the Ukrainians just to give it back to you, Jason. I see, I see. That's that, that's what needs to happen for sure. The internet over here. Uh, uh, you want to get things started today, Jason? You want me to? Yeah, you we're me six to, minutes yeah, in. Can someone do a story? Go in, man. I'm going to get things started today. My name is Rico Lamid, the dopest dad on the street. And I got some uh, news out here coming from um, New Zealand, actually. And as a uh, new study that was released on Friday. So um, let's see. A new study, study data out of New Zealand released Friday studying links between cannabis use disorder, dwindling IQ scores uh, to adolescent consumptions sure to add fuel to the uh, to save the children prohibitionist crowd fire. Uh, but it is, is it something that we should really be worried about? Let's dive into it. The Fresh Toast first dropped the news on Friday afternoon That's that a large study in New Zealand found persistent cannabis use disorder with frequent use starting in adolescence was associated with the loss of an average six or up to five IQ points measured in mid-adulthood. The study found that those who consumed heavily as teenagers and quit uh, using as adults did never, never recovered those lost IQ points. However, people who only began consuming heavily in adulthood did not lose any IQ points. An earlier study conducted in 2001 published in the National Archives of Journal Psychiatry revealed the former cannabis smokers did not show any cognitive impairments. Uh, the same as a, another study published four years later in the Journal of Neurotoxicology and uh, Teratology um, said the same thing. But then we have studies like this suggesting that the opposite is true. So who or what should we be believing here? Per the article, the Previous studies mainly focus on long-term outcomes of those who started using marijuana earlier in life compared to statistically significant changes in cognitive functioning among those uh, who use cannabis and those who don't. On the other hand, the New Zealand study that, um, that came out on Friday study, uh, followed 1,037 New Zealanders from age 3 to 45. I didn't know that, you know, they were uh, following people that long, you know, and smoking weed, but whatever, uh, to determine the effect that cannabis has on brain function. Published in the American Journal of Psychiatry, the study found that those who have been using cannabis early and long-term and on a regular basis indeed showed cognitive impairment. Besides a 5.56-point average decline in users' IQs from childhood to midlife, the results confirmed that some, def uh, some deficits in learning and processing speed compared to those who are not users. Also of note was that similar to the effects seen in alcohol within the study, Long-term cannabis users also developed memory and attention problems. And like alcohol and nicotine, early age use of cannabis can have long-term negative effects. Uh, the, re the research group plans to expand their research to focus on adult use as well next. So what's all this mean? As a parent, this really doesn't change a damn thing <laughs> or any of my previous beliefs of uh, and or how I plan to use cannabis around my children. Furthermore, me or pretty much anyone that I know that's a parent in the industry or even just a parent who consumes openly or privately never planned on letting our kids smoke weed regularly at early adolescent ages anyways. Um, I do admit that I personally began my journey with the plant while I was in middle school, but there was much, there's a bunch of other shit going on there. And uh, my parents weren't really aware of it until I was much older. Um, I graduated from high school with a 4.0 GPA and a four, on a four-point scale in college with two degrees, not one, but two degrees, and a 3.2 GPA there. I never took an IQ score between uh, the two of those, and uh, so I don't know how I'd compare to national averages, but if I lost 5.5 points because of my previous heavy consumption habits, um, I think that gaining 11 points on the social and emotional scales balanced me out just fine. Uh, but I'm interested in hear what, hearing what the rest of the team has to say about this one, especially the parents in the room. What do y'all think about this study? Is it something to worry about at all? Uh, are you guys shifting your uh, your plan, game plans? What do y'all think? 
Um, can you guys hear me okay? A minute ago, I was getting a notice that my audio was a little wonky. Are you, am I good now? Yeah. Yes. Okay, great. So um, two things. One, um, I definitely think that cannabis does affect your short-term memory. For sure, I'm impacted by that from time to time. But I also think that what you make up in emotional intelligence through the use of cannabis far supersedes any IQ loss. Um, You know, I would much more be emotionally astute and in tune with the world and understanding how to navigate it from an emotional perspective. Book smarts isn't always what's going to make you make you thrive. Right on. Well, as a parent, I'm already worried about this kind of stuff. I didn't need another article to reinforce that this is an age-restricted product, that people's brains are not done developing until 24 or 25, and that right. once you get your life together, you've got a couple of degrees, you got a little stability in your life, There, there's a very different set of circumstances there when people have already established a path. I mean, the truth is no one has ever said to me with a straight face that cannabis is... Um, is great for motivation or uh, consistency for high school children when it comes to their academic excellence. So uh, I don't feel like this is new news. I almost feel like it's just validating common sense. Um, They say we don't use a lot of our brain anyway. I don't think that that's a good justification to lose five IQ points. Uh, I think that uh, people's cannabis journey should start later than those of us who started earlier. Um, and that uh, that as a as a wellness and recreational product for adults, uh, I'm happy with cannabis in that category. I, I'd even add uh, to, to to what Mandy said: the emotional and social points that I scored smoking weed. I never would have had any gay friends, any friends that didn't look like me, any white friends, any brown friends, if it were not for cannabis. Period. Especially me what, kind of growing up in the south. Party with your bag? With you got new friends. What's that? I said What's you that? showed up party with the bag. You got some new friends. <laughs> Yo, straight up, like in, in in college, man. Like like where I'm from in Virginia, man. It's like the the only friends that I wouldn't even say you call them friends. The only people that I hung out with that did not look like me is was because of sports and off the field or off the court. We didn't really hang out like that. It wasn't until college and it's cold as fuck in Chicago. Where it's like whoever had the weed, that's who you smoke with. That's when I had my first gay friends. That's when I had my first white friends. And that's when I first started talking to people who didn't look like me and realizing that they weren't the devil, that they weren't going to hell. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I was a country southern boy, very conservative from Virginia, Bumblefuck, Virginia, a place called Fluvanna County, Virginia. And it, that's just how we were raised. Don't mess with people that don't look like you. Don't trust people who don't look like you. And if you're gay, you're going to hell. That's what I was taught growing up. Okay, well, I think, frankly, it's a bit nuts to pretend that you need uh, cannabis to be uh, interested in other people socially. I don't consume. I never consumed anything uh, until college, and that's including alcohol. And I have plenty of friends of various diversities and gender backgrounds and yada, yada. I think that's all of this stuff goes back to parenting. I don't think you need cannabis either way. I think you should care about the 5% or the five points that uh, you might lose. I think those do matter. But I also think that there needs to be a lot more research on this topic because uh, one, one study is going to say yes, the other is going to say no. Either way, kids should not be using uh, without a medical reason at an early age. I do very, very true. Go back to the parenting. But it, but it was my parents that taught me those things. Taught me the bigotry, you know. Yeah, but you need weed to, if I, if to I, if come I out that, and talk to other people. That, it, it, no, it, you're I, telling I, me I without social. cannabis, you wouldn't go and speak. Rico, this question is for you. You would it not go and speak to barriers. other people you did not know without cannabis. Nope. Nope. Right. I would have been, been on the same. To a big hit. <laughs> I don't think that, well, first, Gretchen, what we're saying that's, that's here is where not I grew that up. we wouldn't have friends without cannabis. What we're saying is no. that it has allowed us to have a shift in perspective, a wider, it broke down those, wider it broke down those barriers in the world. You're basically yeah, saying that you guys have friends. That, like, 
armor of defense that we all wear from time to time yeah. and allows your humanity to be more vulnerable. And in that mm-hmm. space, that's when you really connect with others. And it's a, a deeper level. Argument. I have, have that's thousands. That's a different argument. Right? That's a different argument then should that have happened after 18 or 21, right? So like all of those benefits and assuming that Gretchen and I don't disagree with you, the question isn't whether those are benefits. The questions are whether those are benefits that trump it being an age-restricted product, especially given this research that's saying that there's a permanent diminishment to IQ. And I think the position that we could all agree on is that separate from those emotional IQ or social expansion benefits, do, does that justify uh, this not being an age-restricted product? And I think if we really were to peel back all the other uh, sub-facets to this conversation, we would all agree that no, it doesn't. And, and like I, like yeah, I said, in my, in my story, there's a lot of other stuff that's going on in my family that my parents were not aware of. And there's a lot of stuff that my friends were not aware of that was going on in my household. So there's a lot of, it goes back to the parenting. So I agree with you on that, Gretchen. But you know what? Cannabis was my catalyst to be a more open, you know, socially and emotionally uh, um, human being at an earlier age where my parents did not give me that outlet. They did not give me the tools uh, to succeed in those in, in those lanes. Well, I suppose I was just lucky to grow up in a much more diverse uh, environment. Oh, yes, sir. And, had white fr- and to have white parents. What, mm-hmm. do, what do my white parents have to do with anything? Why why do you think that white parents would be like, okay, go play with all the black kids down the street? What are you talking about? White people are the devil. You don't think white people are paranoid? Have you met MAGA? Are you kidding me? White people are crazy. Hold on. I've always always been paranoid my whole life. (laughs) You feel a lot safer in America as a white person than I do as a black man myself. That's just craziness. Here we go with the rhetoric. How is that not real? If you were a black person in the South, are you telling me you're not you're gonna feel uh, very very comfortable going out and being friends with and trusting absolutely everybody around you that does not look like you? Probably not. I don't trust everybody who does not look like me, but I also don't go out the door and say there's no way I'm talking to this person because they don't look like me. There's a difference. You grew up in a different. You grew up in a different place, and when you're white, you don't I have did. to make Pittsburgh, the same decisions as you do as, as, as a black East Coast black city, Pittsburgh. That's just reality. That is reality. You don't have to worry about people shooting you in the middle of a of a Walmart. That's do you? bullshit, Rico. Because you, that shit happens. That shit happened in Cleveland, did it not? Yes, it happened. That's I grew stuff, up in. That's the black, that's the I also the grew up in crypt territory and in the middle of a gang war. I don't know what your problem is. You don't know shit. Both have so much. You can get shot anywhere. An entire episode to the street cred of these two co-hosts of this amazing show. Are you? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Are, are you? Are you saying? Are, are you? Are you saying that uh, uh, that we have the same level of safety? You know, growing up. In America, as a white kid or a black kid, you don't you don't have to. You, you can actually trust no, the people who police not. your communities as a white kid. You cannot do that's that as a black kid. You don't have to have the you don't have to have the talk with your kids. So you're on a different social level. Period. In America, that's just the way it is. Well, thank goodness you had cannabis to help you understand all these horrible social inequities that were help were hurting you exactly and exactly have made what I'm you an emotionally smart person thank god for weed oh hey y'all ain't all out to give me just happy y'all. can you guys hear me yeah we can and go, <laughs> okay go, all right there we go Jason. just keep sitting there just hold, keep sitting hold on there. So, so so hold on a second hold on a second i do want to take a second to introduce congressman warabacher author of the Rohrbacher Farr Amendment, which is the federal appropriations bill that protects the cannabis industry from the DOJ. Thank you, Dana. Yeah. Can he hear us, Jason? There you go. Yeah, I can hear you guys. You see the river behind me? Did you already tell him what's on the other side of that river? Well, I'm, I'm pleased that I didn't get could afford to stay and my wife found this place and it goes right down into the river and behind is the york river but if you look really carefully you'll see a warehouse that was owned by john hancock the 
first signer of the Declaration of Independence. And right behind me, and this is also his wharf is there, and the wharf is where uh, they smuggled in all the <laughs> smuggled in all the rum and booze from the Caribbean here to finance the American Revolution. Of course, nobody wants you to know that. <laughs> so, so the American Revolution was uh, powered by booze. It was powered by all sorts of things. This is one of them. Iran Contra War was powered by cocaine. We've always needed a little bit of the underbelly in order to support uh, some of these noble and (laughs) noble efforts. Uh, Congressman Rohrbacher, I want to ask you what would you do to navigate these crazies right now in Washington who can't get their shit together at all? What, what advice would you give to Matt Gates in regards to the craziness? No, 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 no. Not what advice to Matt Gates. <laughs> yeah. Get Matt Gates. Okay. Matt Gaetz, how do, how do we get this joint back on track? How, how do you get this all worked out and shit moving again? Well, it's, it's not going to happen until we convince the American people to believe in liberty and justice. The bottom line is we have communists and Marxists and all kinds of of wild ass people now have been taught in their colleges to hate our country and not to keep things in perspective. You know, we have faults, but uh, the people who are are focusing on those faults now nationally are are gonna end up creating less freedom and put us all in jeopardy within a year or two. The CIA and the FBI, they've been compromised by the same liberal leftists that are be uh, that are talking about uh, well anyway things I don't want to get too <laughs> get too much into it but we we have to be, make sure that we protect everybody's liberty and uh, that's that and uh, especially people who are look they have they have convinced American people that it's justified to arrest hundreds of people who were protesting the legitimacy of the last election. Didn't they only arrest the people who stormed the Capitol or did they actually arrest some people who didn't do destruction to government property? Jason, we lost audio. And, and now, and since then, they have been sticking the FBI and others on our people, uh, and our people are just anybody who disagrees with with the government right now. This, I've never seen it like this in my life. I just, and what's really. Yeah. I we can't, can't hear you. What he was going to say is that the FBI and the CIA are more political now than they were when Cointelpro, where they were spying on liberal yeah, Democrats back in the 60, 40 years ago. There's no history that these institutions have in any way been partisan or slanted, but that might not be entirely historically contextually accurate. I see what you did there, Yara. I think the Starlink ain't Starlinking. The Starlink is Starlinking because you guys can see me. And also, too, I just want to make a quick note of this and thank Congressman Rohrbacher because Congressman Rohrbacher is also the author of the 2004 Space Exploration Act, which allowed for the creation of The creation of bad audio. Elon, I blame you. Thank you for the sexy cars. We see these two distinguished gentlemen. If we could only hear them, we'd be able to marry these beautiful images to their great concepts, concepts and, and wonderful narratives. Well, I, what, I, what I've always advocated, see, I'm advocating my principles. And I stick by my principles. And what I believe is technology and freedom will solve almost all the problems that people can have in this world. Technology and freedom, and that's it. Yeah. That principle. Free all the technology, or make all the technology free. Technology will enrich the world and enrich our country and enable our people to, to live good and decent lives.
that plank of technology and that intersection with freedom, you come from a, you represented a portion of a state that obviously is an innovation engine for the whole country. And where we have this epicenter with Silicon Valley, this notion of innovation, it's very refreshing to hear you say that. And I, I wonder how much uh, representing that the, a portion of those geographies helped to shape or crystallize your worldview and and and, and your and your and your position. I, I agree with it. So I just am curious how you got to that place. Well, I don't know. I'm a, <laughs> first of all. I began my life, as you know, as an anti-communist when I still have always been an anti-communist. But, uh, and, I, and I, why was I an anti-communist? Because I was for freedom. It wasn't, it wasn't that, you know, these people want to fight a war with Russia right now. They want to fight a war with Russia now. <laughs> and uh, uh, that's not going to do any good for anybody right now. And, and, you know, when I left the Reagan administration, most people, I don't know, you know that I worked in the Reagan administration. I was a special assistant to President Reagan for seven years in the White House. And uh, when we left, they called us warmongers, you know, because of what we we're trying to stand up to the communist-dominated Russia. When Reagan left, we reached an understanding with them, ended the Cold War. Uh, by the way, I'm the one who smuggled that speech to the president that said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear Rock down this wall. Down that wall. Senior, senior staff people did not want that speech to be released at all whatsoever, and Dana had to smuggle it to get it in the hands of Reagan in order to ensure its deliverability. This is a safe space. I want to know where you hid the speech. <laughs> well, well, what we did was Reagan was going to be going to, to Europe on that trip. I think they smuggled the audio in the same location because I can't hear you. Yeah. They're frozen again. Yeah, we frozen Reagan again. would go to the move. to the helicopter to, to go up to Camp David every time he uh, uh, go for the weekend and work on his speeches. So what I did is. I think we got to. I think we got to move on, Jason. Do we keep yeah, on going y'all in are ruining my ratings because we can't even hear you. We can't, we can't hear you, Congressman uh, Rohrbacker. All right, we're gonna keep, we're gonna keep it moving on um, here. We're gonna go into our next story. Y'all know who it is. Uh, she is the founder of Panoptic Strategies and the Hyatt Nine News team's very own Washington insider, known for doing uh, things like cooking up. And, and Reagan said, "Well, bipartisan. I think I'm gonna use the one I've got." Because the one they wanted him to use didn't say tear down the wall. So, so what he said is that George Saltz, who was one of the uh, White House speechwriters, yeah. was the one that did not want him to no, mention. Oh, George, Secretary of State. Secretary of State at the hey, time. Jason. He did not want this speech to be delivered. Um, he said, he hey, said that, yes. We lost, uh, we lost the stream. The audio is going lose. in and out. We should move out. Move on. Are we moving on? Well, for, then let's give a big round of applause for Congressman Rohrbacher because without him, we would not be experiencing the freedoms that we all enjoy every single day. And the technology, this technology came out of Elon Musk, and Elon Musk helped me, worked with me in writing the Commercial Space Act of 2004. And now we got technology like this that we can use the freedom express ourselves and our ideas and uh so freedom and technology is the name of the game as far as i'm concerned that is why we so, fight for freedom so for you viewers what he just said was a billionaire helped him to write the law okay next uh i think yeah let's get this moving we, a are little we, are we good he did, yeah. are we live and he's been are a we still live? in the industry too are we still live i'm showing that it, are we i'm showing that dead? we're not live we're live, live. No, no yeah you guys we're can live. keep rolling okay go ahead. all right cool. okay all right, i'm just doing next. my headline no. i don't need let's the go. intro go, we've Gretchen. wasted enough let's time go. all right uh let's marijuana go. rescheduling would supersize the industry 
former DEA heads and White House drug czar warn Biden administration. Six former Drug Enforcement Administration heads and five former White House drug czars have sent a letter to the Attorney General and current DEA Administrator voicing opposition to the top federal health agency's recommendation to reschedule marijuana. They also made a questionable claim about the relationship between drug schedules and criminal penalties in a way that may exaggerate the potential impact of the incremental reform. The letter sent to Attorney General Merrick Garland and DEA Administrator Ann uh, Ann Milgram on Thursday said that moving cannabis to Schedule 3, as advised by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, would supersize the industry by providing tax relief and further normalizing the market. It further asserted that rescheduling marijuana and thus reducing criminal penalties for marijuana trafficking removes a key tool federal agents have to prosecute cartels. But legal experts contest that claim, pointing out that penalties for trafficking marijuana and various other drugs are not directly tied to the scheduling status under the Controlled Substance Act. The penalties for cannabis trafficking, trafficking do vary based on weight. For example, trafficking up to 50 kilograms is punishable by a mandatory minimum sentence of at least five years in prison and a maximum $250,000 fine for a first offense. Trafficking 1,000 kilograms carries a minimum 10-year sentence. But those are all specific to marijuana, so the idea that rescheduling would automatically reduce penalties is questionable and seems largely contingent on any future statutory changes by Congress. Unlike other substances where you, can, where you change the schedule and the criminal penalties change accordingly for certain substances, marijuana chiefly among them, that is not the case. Shane Pennington, an attorney who specializes in drug, federal drug policy and litigation against DEA, told Marijuana Moment in a phone interview on Friday. Uh, DEA just went ahead and said, with respect to marijuana specifically, here are the penalties. The former heads of the drug agencies are just incorrect about that in their letter. Kevin Sabet, president of Smart Approaches to Marijuana, the prohibitionist group that posted the letter, has repeatedly argued that it's a misconception that criminal penalties for federal drug offenses correspond with the drug's specific scheduling status. At one point, Sabet even criticized a member of Congress for allegedly misunderstanding the disconnect between scheduling status and penalties. That said, some other scholars have maintained that marijuana rescheduling would result in reduced criminal penalties under the CSA. And there's also the fact that, as a general rule, judges and prosecutors have discretion and could theoretically be more likely to levy lower penalties in the event of federal rescheduling, even if they're not legally bound to do so. Marijuana Moment reached out to the DEA for clarification, but a representative referred questions about criminal penalties and prosecutions to the Justice Department, which did not respond to a request for comment by the time of publication. The letter from the former DEA heads and White House drug czars go on to say that moving marijuana to Schedule 3 would supersize the cannabis industry in the United States by allowing them to evade IRS Section 280E and deduct business expenses. Not only would this mean that marijuana corporations would be able to deduct expenses for advertisements appealing to youth and the sale of kid-friendly marijuana gummies, but it would also dramatically increase the industry's commercialization ability. President Joe Biden directed the administrative review into marijuana scheduling about a year ago, and HHS spent 11 months carrying out a scientific assessment that ultimately concluded that cannabis should be moved to Schedule 3 of the CSA. The ball is now fully in DEA's court as the health agency's scientific findings are binding, but the law enforcement agency can still choose to disregard their recommendation. The former DEA administrators and directors of the White House Office of National Drug Control Policy said in the letter that the DEA should do just that, ignore the scientific conclusions of HHS and refuse to proceed with a Schedule 3 reclassification. They said they are gravely concerned about the potential reform, arguing that there has been no evidence that marijuana's schedule should change in the seven years since the federal government last considered a rescheduling petition. Schedule 1 drugs are those with no accepted medical use, they wrote, uh, adding that the FDA has not approved marijuana for medical use because no double-blind published studies show safety and efficacy for raw marijuana. Uh, That may be the case, but that's also the case because Guess what, guys? It's a Schedule 1 drug, and so it can't be researched like they would like to. Uh, so I think this letter, frankly, was probably written by good old Kevin Sabet, sent to these guys to sign, and that's where this is all coming from. Either way, if these guys are for or against it, they don't know shit. Uh, but the DA is going to do what they want to do. Sis Gretchen for Hyatt 9 News.
No, I think this is probably one time that I actually agree with the DEA because I agree that cannabis should not be rescheduled. I understand you think that, but to suggest that it should not be rescheduled because it has no medical efficacy is not the argument to be making. That does not help our case in the future. We should not say that. I don't understand how some of the most widely respected organizations like the American Cancer Society, um, I mean, there's so many different organizations, medical nonprofits that acknowledge that this plant is medicine. There are doctors, the AMA, like there's just so much proof out there, like undisputable proof. Yep. And get so mad it's almost like i can't talk sometimes when this comes up because the the hypocrisy in it is appalling and offensive it's like looking at all let of it, us citizens in the face and looking at us like we're so stupid we can't think for ourselves when the evidence is right in front of our eyes like, this is crazy i, I would say um i would say with the, the, the they said it would take away tools to fight the cartels like they're speaking out, they're speaking out of both ends of their mouth right now because um, wasn't it just last year they said that the cartel, uh, the cartel activity is down and they're switching over to avocados <laughs> because uh, because oh, weed is more heavily, not. right? <laughs> because weed is more heavily accessible, it, it plays it. Yeah, they're saying they're just gonna take away the tools to fight the cartels. Like, come on, man. I agree with you, Gretchen. I, I believe that this was co-written if not written outright by Kevin Sabet and, and, and some prohibitionists that are trying to move us away from the path that we are on. And we need to just keep on marching towards deschedulism. Uh, well, I think part, no part of that- There's no federal funding going towards prosecuting cannabis right now. So right. what are they even talking about? I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Oh, I, it's I, not I, that there's no federal funding going towards prosecuting cannabis. It's that there's no federal funding going towards prosecuting cannabis if it appears that those operators were in compliance with the state laws in the state that they were living in. And I think that's just a critical distinction. Well, at the, at the same time, too, this happens to be a time... That's Starlink, man. We can't hear you, Jason. Um, I'm not a believer in Starlink. And I don't have a... I don't have an issue with people saying, no, it should not be Schedule 3. I have no problem with that and that it should be rescheduled, descheduled to a different classification. But to suggest that we go along with these bullshit arguments that these guys are putting up because we think it's going to help our cause in the future is just ridiculous. Um, and I think conversations need to be had with some of these gentlemen uh, that they're being misinformed about really what happens. No one is evading uh, 280E. What happens is when this gets rescheduled, 280E no longer applies to you. I mean, the way that they are framing this is just ridiculous. Um, and to say that it's going to supersize the industry, yes, it's going to put money back in the pockets of law-abiding businesses that can now contribute to their communities and do more and actually give back and try and build their businesses. Yes, it's going to help the industry. Is it going to help the industry significantly? No, because we need to lower the shit out of the taxes that are being applied to these people. But to suggest that the way that they're framing this argument is just absolutely ludicrous. And we need to go on an education campaign uh, to explain to these former drug czars about how they should be using their position to bring responsible, rational drug policy about in this country. Yeah, Gretchen. Put that in the sound bite, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Like that. Yeah. Feisty Gretchen's the best Gretchen. Yes. I mean, at the end of the See, day, we even 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 the congressman agrees with me. He says stupefied by my brilliance there, Jason. He's got no response. He's like, she said it right. Well, well what, what what he actually did, even though Gretchen's a, a Romney Republican. <laughs> well, what, hey, what what he yes, did, what, I did work for Romney. I liked him. Sorry. But what, what he did say, what, what what he did say is the fact that his law, which is still in place today, uh, the Rohrabacher Farm Amendment, which is now Blumenhauer McClintock, is still in place, and that does actually prohibit the DOJ from investigating in regards with cannabis sales. If the DOJ finds something in uh, people 
um, that are uh, trafficking or whatnot. That is totally separate situation in regards to the fact. But the reality is that they are not getting any funding for investigating of cannabis. That's awesome. I appreciate that distinction and that granularity and putting on his policymaker chops for our show. Thank you for that. Yeah. In particular, I think it's time for a commercial break. You got to commercial break, Adam. I think putting people in jail, no matter who they are, for consuming something, providing somebody to consume, voluntarily consume something, is ridiculous and totally inconsistent with, with the liberty that was fought for right behind us. And uh, here we are up in where the American Revolution was fought, fought for liberty, and they didn't fight for having the federal government control our, what we consume, for yeah. Pete's sakes. And, uh, uh, but I, my, uh, my amendment basically says that uh, anything that can be used for, uh, the federal government can't use any of our resources, any of its resources or money, in order to supersede a state law that legalizes the medical use of marijuana. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, people, it doesn't have to be just the medical use. People can legalize marijuana, as far as I'm concerned, for adults. But at least we must recognize that marijuana is a gift from God. And, and it. From 76 years old, I got aches and pains. And a lot of people understand there are aches and pains that come with age. The most important thing we can do to help those people is let them let them choose buy and want. choose what they want. Yeah. But I would suggest that CBD should be something they should consider, the CBD oil. Mm-hmm. And it takes away your pain. What's wrong with that? And uh, instead, they're wasting an enormous amount of resources. Or it would be... Uh, if my amendment didn't stop yes. them, they'd be spending billions of dollars to try to prevent people, older people, from rubbing uh, CBD oil on their on their, uh, their on their shoulders or hips or something. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, I again, it's freedom and technology that we need to have as a solution, not more government controls. Yes, and I'll even go as farther to say that the Rohrabacher Farm Amendment, because it is an appropriations bill, and appropriations bills have to be written so broadly that it actually does cover adult-use cannabis as well, seeing as how the judgment and DEA and any other agency cannot investigate whether something is medical or adult-use because they are not allowed to expend any resources on that. Is there any beef? Is there any beef uh, um, now that um, uh, that your bill that you put forward, uh, a congressman, now identifies as something else with a different name? They took he, your he, name he off. Of know, it. Do you do you feel um, do you feel like there's any 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 animosity or beef due to the fact that uh, the bill is no longer in your name? Um, as far as because, but well, I think I I don't think the congressman feels that way at all, Rico, because that's the way that the government works in regards to because he's no longer a congressman, so that bill would not be named after him because it has to be reintroduced in the appropriations every year. So therefore, it has the two co-sponsors, um, Congressman Blumenhauer and Congressman McClintock, and so that's the only reason that 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 name has changed, as they are basically carrying the torch, as opposed to uh, some type of a new bill. Continuing the fight in the same vein. Yes, I got it. exactly. Exactly. And with, that, and with that, Adam, we're going to have a, a short commercial break here. We're going to keep it rolling. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 rpms it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date the control tower from highly educated congressman play (laughs) the audio is not good enough for something whatever you're trying to play jason we can't hear you he's not dropping out jason Oh, also, we had the okay. same headline on our page on YouTube, the dog attacks for a long time. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm 
ready to read yeah. that article. I'm thoroughly prepared. I drank my tall cup of coffee. Let's go. But I just don't want to take any shine away from the fact that we have a very special policy guest. And uh, short of the, know. the audio I know. interruptions, I know. you know. We 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 got to make sure we get some uh, um, some uh, some live recorded stuff, Jason, um, because we are going uh, since we're live right here and it keeps on going in and out. But we're gonna keep it rolling here. Uh, up next, this well-known industry expert and dedicated Mary Mama is a Northern California-based head honcho of the Women's Canna Awards. She's also known in certain circles as Carmen Sacramento for her never-ending international quest to find the world's greatest cannabis and psychedelic edible experiences. But also a little birdie told me that it's uh, somebody's birthday. So I'd like to give a round of applause, a nice warm round of a birthday applause for Mandy Tingler. Thank you. Thank oh, you. yeah. Thank you. Thank you for all the birthday wishes, everybody. It's been a really wonderful morning. God is good. Life is good. I feel very blessed. So thank you. Um, this article actually follows Gretchen's really well um, as we're talking about uh, rescheduling and what that means with regards to 280E taxes. I think some businesses are really starting to reconsider what their methodology or approach will be when it comes to 280E. So today my headline reads, Marijuana MSO Truly Seeks $143 million federal refund for 280E taxes. <laughs> Multi-state marijuana company Truly Cannabis Corp is seeking federal tax refund of $143 million, saying it, quote, believes it does not owe the tax it paid over the last three years. This determination is supported by legal interpretations that challenge the company's tax liability under Section 280E of the Internal Tax Code. <clears throat> Section 280E prevents state legal marijuana companies from deducting standard business expenses, resulting in much larger tax bills. The company acknowledged that actually getting a tax refund is not guaranteed. Truly filed amended tax, federal tax returns for 2019, 2020, and 2021. The company's Friday statement was short on specifics regarding its legal interpretations of 280E. Asked by MJ Biz Daily for more details, a Truly spokesperson reiterated that the company believes it does not owe these taxes. We are continually evaluating our tax position and will share additional information as appropriate, the spokesperson said in a statement. Although some states have started easing their 280E burdens on regulated marijuana companies, the federal rule remains and is enforced by the IRS. The cannabis sector overpaid its taxes by $1.8 billion in 2022 as a result of 280E, according to a report <clears throat> by Portland, Oregon-based cannabis sector analysis Whitney Economics. However, 280E's burden on the sector could be eliminated if the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration moves marijuana from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3. That's because the rule applies only to businesses trafficking in Schedule 1 and 2, which are controlled substances. If you guys just heard that loud noise in the background, Luke's pouring champagne. <laughs> and on that note, you guys, this is Carmen Sacramento coming to you live here in Sacramento on my birthday. Couldn't spend it without you. What do you all think about this? Happy birthday. Thank you. I think the, the attorneys for Tree Leave went to the Jason Beck School of Law. I don't know how they're going <laughs> to, they're out their minds. I appreciate them. God bless their souls for trying. That's a great it, headline. That's a great headline. What the hey? Go for it. If you got the money to burn on lawyers, knock yourselves out. <laughs> they already dropped four, was it, uh, 40 mil? They're, mm -hmm. they're inching up to that 40, 40 mil marker. Why not make it a, a little more with a great press release saying that they're suing for <laughs> they're suing for the two eighty e back, and um, I, give it. I mean, it, whether this whole ballot initiative works for True Leave or not in uh, Florida, they are they are putting a lot of heat on their name. There's a, a great marketing plan to get their name in the headlines nationwide like pretty much every single week. It's always something with them, like whether it, it works out or not, uh, um, they are staying hot right now. And um, whether you like True Leave or not, uh, they are they have uh, truly raised the bar for the cannabis community in Florida. 
and uh, being that like when I covered the story last week, only 128 people, I mean, 128 dollars were put up by cannabis uh, 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 advocates uh, for the ballot initiative in Florida, outside of the nearly 40 million that uh, truly uh, that truly put in themselves. So um, uh, whether these headlines go through or not, whether it is uh, uh, um, the Jason Beck <laughs> Esquire <laughs> School of yeah. Law or or not, <laughs> like, it's I, the true I, rule of law. Right. Truly, it's the true rule of right law. Now. But I'll tell you what the I think. I think truly fucking loves this. They have the budget to push this forward. They're setting right. some oh. kind of precedent, even if it totally Looking gets conversation started, right? Whatever. It's a huge conversation starter, and this is something that every business should consider doing because it's fucking ridiculous, and you are owed that money back. You are. Yeah. Yes. I mean, look, yep. the, 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 lack, the tax issue is one of the best issues for the cannabis industry because left, right, red, blue, purple, whatever your political affiliations are, it's something that we can all get together around and agree with. And there's a history here of sort of tax reform slash advocacy as a PR vehicle. And this is not a new playbook. Harborside did this on the West Coast and pushed back with, 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 with a lawsuit. And so I think it's money well spent. I think it's the kind of money being spent that only these bigger organizations can afford. And whether they win or lose, they get great PR as a result of it. And it continues to keep the issue of tax reform front and center. So I'm not saying that True Leaves done everything right. In fact, you know, if you pull back the kimono, you can see some things that are far from kosher, right? But on this tax issue, I think we can all get around the notion that it's not the worst use of funds for them to continue to keep it in the headlines and to try to get some relief for them. And hopefully as a result of that, other entities. Yeah. Well, here, here's yeah, the thing: is that really is that like, I, ultimately, ultimately, uh, True Leave owes so much money yeah, in IRS taxes. Th sure. th this might just be a general overall, uh, just them removing a red line item on their AR because of the fact that they owe so much money in federal tax dollars currently. So basically, maybe they're just trying to get their bill erased with this. You know what, Jason? J Jason, you're coming through pretty clear uh, now. Maybe it was uh, Congressman uh, uh, Rohrbacher when he was in there with you. Maybe they're just trying to block him. They're trying to censor him. That's what's going they're on. Probably, probably, probably something like that. It's probably you know the Biden administration probably trying to silence the truth again. <laughs> I think so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I'm, yeah, like this whole truly thing. I don't know how it's going to. Uh, turn out uh, most likely it's, it's not going to turn out uh, as a victory for them. But uh, any way that we continue this conversation about taxes and reducing, if not doing away with 280E, I'm all for that. And if they got the budget to put it through in marketing, they got the budget to go through with this lawsuit. Um, more power to them. Keep on keeping on, Kim Rivers. Yep. Bond, keep I'll take on. a bet with anyone who thinks they're going to get this money back. Come I don't think they're going to get this money back at all. I just like the fact yeah. that they're beating that this drum. That 280E goes away, thousands of companies are going to do the same exact fucking thing. But it's not retroactive. Yeah. Not retro. What, exactly. What it's not about? retroactive. People are going to do it. That's I not how the IRS works. It's true. Once once you've given the IRS your money, they have no intention of giving it they back, regardless if there's a policy change. No refund for you. Yeah. You All right, Yara, let's hear about this dog. What you got? Oh, well, so it's really tough for me. First of all, happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. Um, I'm so blessed to be in the company of this this group of people. And, and obviously, Dana, thank you for coming on and suffering through our questionable audio. And we will need to circle back to Elon to see if we can do better with this Starlink situation. But happy birthday. It's just a challenge for me to have a dog article when there's already a, a dog in the screen stealing my spotlight. Um, but with that, with that, with that stated, this is Yaro Kubrin, Hyatt Nine News, Monday morning here, middle of October. Not, 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 but not first, but second generation cultivator, and also the founder of uh, Special yeah, Teams Consulting. Yeah, is, that, is, that, is that you? Second generation cultivator, doing my right, thing, yeah, yeah. cannabis real estate and <laughs> cannabis real estate here in NorCal, and 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 let's 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 get right into this because because this one was pretty good. So, <laughs> dog attacks. Oswego County family after ingesting THC gummy. Grand Rapids, Michigan. I was in Michigan last week. 
Let's let this roll. The director of Osego County Animal Control is reminding pet owners that while CBD is safe for most animals, THC is not. The reminder comes days after an Oswego County woman claimed she was attacked by her family dog after feeding it a THC gummy. According to the report from 9 and 10 News, Animal Control said the dog had been with the family for four years and is not an aggressive breed. CBD and THC are two compounds commonly found in marijuana. THC is one that triggers psychoactivity. While CBD is considered safe for dogs and can help alleviate aches and pains, THC is considered toxic. It depends on the composition of the dog or cat on how it's going to affect them but the biggest thing to be aware of and to know what is to be aware of and to know what to look out for said the director melissa fitzgerald and she told the news this thc toxicity can lead to side effects ranging from a lack of coordination and sluggishness to restlessness and, and aggression this dog became very aggressive and it was a bad scene fitzgerald said her team is now working with the michigan department of agriculture and rural development to try to get a warning placed on thc products Experts recommend if your pet consumes THC, you should contact your veterinarian immediately. So let me kick this off for a quick second with my own commentary. The first thing that stood out for me in this article is that they said they've owned the dog for four years. To me, that's code for the fact that this dog had a life and an experience before them. These people probably fell in love with the idea of rescuing a dog from the pound because everybody loves that modest pet flex. And the dog had an unknown history, which means that it had unknown experiences, which mean that it might have latent or unknown behaviors. The next thing is this notion of uh, adding another label, right? Adding another label is code for more cost, more regulation, more bureaucracy. I don't know any cannabis manufacturer or consumer that has previously thought that giving their animals psychotropic act, uh, inputs is somehow good for them. And then the other thing also is this notion of causation versus co correlation, right? We have a dog with an unknown history potentially that did something aggressive and we are now suggesting that it's because of the THC gummy. That doesn't pass the sniff test for me. And finally and lastly, in the article it says that the lady gave her dog a THC gummy. What the fuck are you thinking, you nincompoop? Who feeds their dog THC gummies? Like, go give it a rawhide chew like the rest of us dog owners and then rub its belly. So that, that concerns me um, on a lot of different levels. Uh, I, I would never feed pets cannabis intentionally except for one thing, which is in the Middle Ages, the songbirds in the royal courts were fed THC seeds because it was believed that they sang better songs when they consumed the THC. So I stress tested this idea back in 2008 by mixing cannabis trim with the chicken feed for my 44 chicken flock in Sebastopol, California. About three hours later, I got a call from my wife and she said, what did you do to the chickens? And I played dumb on the phone and said, what dear? <laughs> And she said, I don't know, but these chickens are acting really, really strange. And I stress tested the idea. And apparently cannabis isn't good for chickens. It didn't make them chirp any better. And most of them suffered for at least a day with cotton beak. Luckily, no animals were harmed in that exercise. But I, I, I think this is another one of those articles that just kind of falls under common sense. Couldn't agree with you more, Yara. Uh, there's, there's way too many question marks surrounding like, like where they got, where did they get the weed from? Who told them to give uh, THC to the dog? Like, where did the dog come from before then? Was the dog? Uh, and, and, and I hate seeing this coded language. And hopefully, I can uh, um, um, uh, get a cosign from you too, Gretchen, because you have to uh, mm -hmm. rescue pit bulls as well. There's no such thing as a quote-unquote aggressive breed. There's aggressive breeders, and you, you breed a dog to do one thing or the other. And uh, um, guns don't kill people. People kill people. Right? The most that Salem's ever going right. to do is lick you to death. That's it. Right? Uh, yeah, there's so much coded language around this. It just seemed like a bunch of like prohibitionist fluff, this whole, this, this, this whole article. Like, dog eats this weed, goes crazy, attacks. It's like cocaine bear. <laughs> this is the weed version of cocaine <laughs> bear. Right. Ultimately, the whole thing was a straight up lie. The whole movie was a straight up lie. The cocaine that the bear consumed actually died within 20 minutes. And that was the end of the story.
theory. They needed so. more than 20 minutes for the movie, so they extended it out, right? I mean, right. it was an entertaining movie. It was a good movie. It was, it was hilarious. <laughs> it was very and hilarious. We're ultimately responsible for our dog's behavior, whether you know it or not. Animal, con- my Seriously. best friend was an animal control officer. You're responsible for your dog's behavior. It's not like a cat, which is considered a free spirit and can't even be personal property. So if you feed your dog THC and then your dog does something aggression aggressive to one of your family, you're responsible for that, right? And so, so I, I just, I mean. It, should we take that person and after their stitches have healed, charge them with animal cruelty? I don't know. Maybe it's just a dog whistle. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack. I see what you did there with that dog whistle, Yaro. Situation going down. Like, how did this actually jump into the news? This person's at home, makes a decision to feed a dog a gummy. I guarantee you, nobody said, go ahead and do that. This is, oh, let's try it and see what happens. And then yeah, it winds been, up it's been a great family. It's been a great family pet. For I have, I have a question for you guys. Do we think that this was a four years? Let me just go ahead and give it as an off-brand gummy. <laughs> do we think this was a Delta Eight gummy or some other also, cannabis compound? Do you think that we should go and arrest this person? No, but maybe yeah, we should put another label. We should put another no. label that says "Don't be an idiot." Yes. Another label. Yeah. Jesus. We should put another yeah. label that says "Don't be an idiot" on soda too. Don't be an idiot. Yeah, on, yeah, either. on sugar, all sugar products. How about that? Make all sugar products. Put labels on those. It causes obesity. It causes your kids to act wild as hell. As a matter of fact, you should stop eating ninety-five percent of uh, of everything in America because it's all dumped. It all gas sugar dumped in it. But we're not going to do that, right? Because of sugar substitutes. And you know, birthday cake. You get to eat as much as you want. You know what? It's your birthday. You can eat all the cake you want. You can, you can, you, you can take your cake and eat it too. I hate that yeah, saying. Yeah. That, you, what are you supposed to do with cake? You ain't supposed to eat it? Like, what the hell, man? But, anyways, uh, thank you all for joining us for yet another episode of Hyatt Nine News. We're going to give we're, we're gonna give the outro today to uh, Dana. Let him play a little ditty for us, if we will. Yeah. But oh, yeah. Real quick. Yeah. You ready, Dana? Thank you all for joining us for another, yet another episode of Hyatt Nine News. You can catch us live weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast, where Jason is today. A big shout-out to our super fans showing love, getting their comments posted live on the big screen. To our live audience and online supporters catching us across all media platforms, tuning in each day to the news that we read off for to you. To our vetted correspondents tuning in from all over, bringing us much-needed variety perspective and your respected opinions to the table, our production team, Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, all our sponsors keeping the lights on, and usually our AV struggles to a minimum. I know we had a couple of issues with Starlink today, but we're going to get those ironed out. Um, and as always, Cannabis Sativa L, the reason that the High News team reads these headlines daily. Thank you. It has been Monday, October 16th, 2023. The show's over. We've all been blessed with the top industry headlines. If you haven't already, make sure you guys hit the comment section and give Mandy Tingler a big happy birthday. Give her some love. I hope today's news was enough to put in your pipe and smoke at least until tomorrow. I'm Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street for Hyatt 9 News. Congressman, take us out. Can you give us a little love? All right. I'll we'll strum a little bit for that, us. Uh, uh, it's a pretty wild song here. Oh, <laughs> and uh, so you m- might not like half of it, or you might, oh. and you might really love the other half, but here goes. I just like, like that you're playing it. Goes. I don't own nobody, but it should own me. I'm just an individual man. I just want to be free. I will make my money if you make yours that's fine I won't take none of yours so get your grubby hands off mine cause I don't own nobody but it should own me I'm just an individual man I just want to be free well you can't legislate my morals or anything I do. I can have some pot. I have my girl. Cause I'm not screwing you. <laughs> I don't own nobody. Nobody should own me. I'm just an individual man. I just want to be free. It goes on and on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Give him a round of applause out there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Recreation playing bluegrass. Yes, it's actually hey, green man. grass over here. Green grass is behind hey, I'm all, us. I'm all, about, I'm all about green and purple, baby. Green and purple all day. Oh man, <laughs> green and red. Green and red. He knew that he was a he was a he was a, a, a troubadour as well. Oh man, yeah, you, you breaking all, uh, all, that, all that special stuff for us today, man. Appreciate you, Congressman Rohrbacker. Adam, why don't you take us out, my man? Take us out. 